Hello, and welcome to the All Dale Army podcast. Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the All Dale Army podcast. It's been a little bit of time since the last episode. Uh, we've had a bit of a quiet schedule, and we didn't really feel the point in doing an episode just to talk about the one game. We thought we'd come back with a little bit more content, and we've got uh, some interesting interesting points in a, well... <laughs> A lot better form for Dale to talk about, and that's a, that's a really positive change. Uh, just want to well see how both my guests are doing this evening. Travis, how are we doing, pal? I'm good, pal. You? I'm I'm just same old at the minute, same old stuff. But yeah, yeah. getting on with it. Just gotta just gotta get through it as we yeah, are. Man. Lights at the end of the tunnel. And um, Ben, how are we? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta just gotta keep going as 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 we say as we say. Well, I suppose. We'll just get right into it with the games. Um, so, <laughs> the Lincoln game. Wow, where, where did that come from? I think after watching the Shrewsbury game, the uh, the, the Tuesday beforehand, I, I couldn't see anything coming from this game. Um, I, I, I suppose it's probably naive of me. Um, looking at Lincoln, I, I, I thought they were a team really, really in form. Uh, and I didn't see as a chance, any chance of us getting anything. But actually, having studied the form after the game, of playing them, they, they actually... They actually hadn't been on that great run of the form as as it was, and it's it's transpired to be afterwards as well that they've they've still not had uh, that many great results after us. Um, but yeah, where did that was a, that was a much improved performance, and I don't really know where that came from. There was such a such an energy and intensity to us that I've not seen all season. It was it was yeah, it was really impre- impressive. Uh, Travis, what what did you reckon on it? Yeah, it was. A- Crazy game. I remember just watching it, and the first half we came out. Rathbone scored quite early on, and we played them off the park. There was like second, third in the league, and I've not seen us play like that, like I say, all season against against a top team. Anyway, like the way we came out against them, then they obviously equalised. Didn't think it was deserved. Then Humphreys went and gave the lead once again. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I literally could not believe it. I saw it, and yeah, probably biggest result of the season by far. Easily, easily. I think I think the change of formation that we've gone through with the three-five-two, it's it's really seemed to suit us a lot more, and we seem to be able to boss the boss the game and the, the majority of the possession. I, I think I think it we'd it would have felt hard done by really in a way if we'd have only come away from a draw from that with that from that Lincoln game because I felt we were the we were the dominant force really. Um, what what was you, what was your overall thoughts on on you know the intensity that we showed then? Um, yeah, like you said, I think the formation change had a massive, um, massive change to how we played. Like I said, especially with a, a solid centre-back pairing now like we've got, I felt that we were dominant for most of the game, considering where Lincoln are in the table. It was it was almost like we're in the top end and they're near the bottom. Um, like you said, it was a dominant first period. and With Rathbone's goal, it looked like we should have been at least two, three up by half-time and then, yeah, finished it off with a nice one for his goal. Exactly. I mean, that was the biggest worry of mine watching that game. The first half, we were in complete control, <laughs> corner after corner after corner, and you know, we 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 finally capitalised with the goal. But you you you, f- you felt that we should have been two three, maybe four up, really. And then when they equalised, it was a sucker punch. But it it was great character shown from them, you know, to bring themselves back into it and you know go on and get the winning goal. I mean, it was brilliant to see Humphreys back on the score sheet again because. Obviously, he's not had a goal in quite a while, and the performances have been pretty dross of rate of lately. But you know, it was a massive, massive change in um, fortunes for us. And I do want to highlight highlight one personal man from this game who I thought was brilliant, and that was that was Matty Dunn. Uh, you know, 
one man if I'd have asked you five or six weeks ago, five or six weeks ago what we thought of him, he'd probably be we'd probably both be saying that. Well, all of us would be saying that he'd be out the door. Um, doesn't really didn't really offer us anything to him, but in that central role up front, he, he he seems like a like a new man, and he caused Lincoln all sorts of problems. What what did you reckon, Travis? Yeah, that was that was the best sympathy for him in since I think since he joined back about two two three years ago. Like he was, he looked unbelievable. Like he played up front with Humphries, and he just never stopped, never stopped running, never stopped pressing, and I think he deserved to go from that performance. To be honest, because it was. Great all around for him. Yeah, I mean, you could see the passion passion in him when that second goal went in, and on the fan cams and the, and the goal cams afterwards. You know, it does it does mean a lot to him. And maybe, like I say, maybe he is playing himself into into position to get a new contract. <laughs> I wouldn't mind him to get one at the minute if he can keep performances up like that. What did what did you reckon on it, um, uh, Ben? Um, yeah, so touching back on that goal cam thing, you could just see by the passion when Humphreys had scored, he, he, he wanted it. And that's that's all we... Like, after the Dow performances the last few weeks, that's all we're really asking for is some passion and some, like, fighting for fighting for a win. And that was clearly shown by his, by the video of when Humphreys scored. You could just tell. And then also touching on both celebrations from both goals, it's clear to see that the team are fully behind Brian Byron Murphy. And despite a lot of fans, including myself, are not... Though I'm not a massive fan of Brian, but you could clearly see that the team wanted him and were, loved him as a manager. So there's not really much you can ask for. No, definitely. I mean that that was moving on to that actual next point. Now I was going to say, you know, despite what we all think of him and what we want for the club, you know, you can quite clearly see that the players are behind him and they're buying into what they said. I mean, probably if, like I say, if you're looking at the other performances previous to the to the Lincoln game in isolation, you can probably say on the whole that we've that we've played well in quite a lot of patches, but we've just not took our chances. Um, and that was probably just the difference against the Lincoln game. We finally managed to take some of our chances and it, and it, it bared fruit and we won the game. But I suppose now we've just got to kind of all put our differences aside and, you know, just get behind the team and try and try and do our best to support the boys from home. And, you know, miracles do happen sometimes and just maybe, just maybe we can pull off uh, another great escape like last time. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next game. It's actually been a bit more, like I say, a bit more of a quiet week the past week or so. So there wasn't, there's not been the Saturday Tuesday fixtures. So we played, we played that Saturday, and then there was a, a week off, uh, and it was into the Peterborough game, which was great to see that uh, Beasley was back. Um, Travis, how important do you think Beasley will be from now till the end of the season? Uh, yeah, I didn't actually. I like, appreciate how important he was to the team before he got injured. I think because he he might not score many goals. Like he's only scored he scored on the weekend, but he's not scored that many goals this season. But it's just the way he holds on the ball, on holds up the ball, gets his flick on Humphreys or whoever it might be. And we've seen like Lund and Sean as they try and replicate it, and no one can do it. Like he is a very good player, and whether we stay up or go go down, I've I'd like to keep him on because he looks like a good good player. No, definitely. I think he alleviates a lot of pressure for Humphreys, and he uh, he gives he gives Humphreys that freedom to operate up, up up front and you know find the space and do other things that probably has been he's been having to do the past few weeks. But it's not really his game. But yeah, Ben, what what do you reckon on the Beasley situation? Do you think do you think he is going to be quite an integral member of the team now till the end of the season? Uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Like Travis, Travis said, he doesn't score loads, but he does the dirty work, which was key. And we've been clearly missing that with, especially with Humphreys up top. He got isolated. He was trying to do too much because he was just not getting the ball. Especially with Beasley being back, he's he's there to win the flick-ons and get the ball to Humphreys, which is what we need. And if we can keep them two together for the rest of the season, we might have a fighting chance. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd read something that someone put on Twitter the other day about when they've actually played it. I mean, it's actually frightening how little they've played together this season. If one's been injured, the other one's not been, and it's just ended up like that. But I think they've only lost. I think it's one game uh, when they've both played up front. So it's you know it's it's promising signs really. Um, if we if like I say if we can just both get them on the pitch at the same time. But yeah, um, let's dive into this uh, this Peterborough game. We're going to just isolate isolate the game into two halves here and just talk uh, primarily about the first half here. You know, I'd say the first like five couple of minutes we came out of the blocks and we looked quite at the races. And then for the whole, I'd, I'd have said I'd, I'd have said that we weren't terrible in the first half. I know we found ourselves two 0 down, but you you take the the you take the situation both both the goals in isolation and you say that Dembele, I think he has the highest take uh, take ons in this division. I think he I think he wins it by like about forty fifty take ons in this league. He's got ridiculous stats uh, and it was a wonder strike you know what a goal and then you look at the second goal and it's uh, it's it's poor from Kiahan really you should just that late on in the first half just clear the ball and get rid of it and get us in get us in uh, 1-0 down at half time but on the whole I was trying to be you know um, open-minded about the whole situation and I said to myself you know look Peterborough um, it's crazy the comparison compared to us you know they're spending like 1 million plus on a striker um, the wage budget is probably just something else compared to what we can afford, and the transfer, like I say, the transfer fees that they paid for them, um, the players that they've got is crazy. But uh, to be able to, well, to be able to go through a full ninety minutes of Peterborough and try and get a result, I'd say you have to match their intensity from like minute one. But yeah, Ben, what did, what did you think on that first half performance? Yeah, um, touching on that Dembele, it kind of just showed that how much Peterborough were class above. He was he was just another level player. Um, I felt like you said it wasn't the worst of first halves and that 2-0 was a bit harsh considering. Um, I felt that we kind of played ourselves other than the first goal. We kind of played ourselves into losing that early, that really late goal in the second half. And it looked like from then when we were 2-0 down, it looked like it was just going to be another 2-0 or another annual thrash into Peterborough. Yeah, yeah. We um, we get a lot of them at the minute. They seem to become quite our bogey team. Um, what did you reckon, Travis? Of that? Just, just on the first half. Uh, I'm just going to add on that I think as well Dembele is probably the best player in this league by by quite a mile like he's a great player but like you say first half I didn't think we was too bad um, I think we made it a bit easy for them is one criticism I'd have like, we did make it quite like it. second goal you say we just should have cleared it away give it straight to them and I was saying to you like same part to you Tom that we Peterborough and class above us, and I was fully expecting. I said to you at half time, I'd rather keep, I hope, can keep it 2 0 so our, our goal difference doesn't get hampered with too much. Because that's how, that's how pessimistic I was for the second half. Because I wouldn't say we were terrible, but just the way Peterborough were, like, we made it very easy for them, I'd say, in that first half. But like you said, they are different class above us. Yeah, that, that Dembele to me looks like. I can't understand how he's still playing at League One level, and I think he's been at Peterborough for quite a while now. But I think he'll go the same way as Ivan Tony. Has yeah, I'd think that. I'd think that. So I'd think that too. To be fair, he, he seemed like an incredible player. No one could seem to touch him, and he was just skipping through challenges at, at, at will. But yeah, like you say, the first half performance, and, and we were two 0 down, and I wasn't actually too downbeat about it. Really, I even thought at the time, you know, even if we did lose, it wouldn't be the worst of results. Uh, and it wouldn't it wouldn't mean we were dead and buried or anything, but 
But yeah, going into that second half, wow, well, it was a different story, really. I think from pretty much from the from minute one of the second half, we, we imposed our game on Peterborough, and they actually really struggled to you know re- regain a grip on the game. Um, and we really, well, we we dictated the game to them for most parts of that second half, apart from that one chance where Bazunu, I've got to say, it made an absolute wonder save from pretty much point blank range, incredible. Uh, but yeah, you know, we stuck to our guns. We, you know, Beasley. Um, Won the fl- uh, contested the ball in the box, won a penalty, which Stephen Humphreys slotted away perfectly. And then a ball in from Matty Dunn on the wing with an amazing, absolutely incredible header from Beasley. I, I don't honestly know how he got that in the top corner. I maybe probably feel that the keeper should have done a little bit better. Uh, and then going into the final minutes and boxing to the box, uh, a ball into the box from Morley. And Keohan's um, headed it across goal, and the, keep, uh, the defenders kicked it back towards him, and he's levered it in the box. To absolute scenes of joy and crazy scenes to then conceding a penalty a, a minute later. I mean, that second half had it all, but it's just that same same stamp that always seems to be the problem with us. We we struggle to see get uh, see games out. I feel like once we once we celebrated that third goal, we felt like we'd won the game. But it's, I suppose it's the same old story of us. We are we seem to be absolutely cursed at home. <laughs> what, what do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, um, it was another level second half. One of the best performances, like you said. Um, Bazuna, first of all, congratulations to him for his international call-up. Uh, like yeah, said, definitely. It was proven in that game. Um, some crack, cracking saves that definitely kept us in it. Um, yeah, uh, like you said, that Beasley header, while wow. <laughs> wow. Cristiano Ronaldo-esque, it was, it was brilliant. And then, like you said, the passion and the fighting spirit that we had all through that second half was ended by what you could say is a last-ditch winner, which uh, soon ended in, well, let's say tears, which um, was an unfortunate penalty, I would say. But like you said, uh, it always happens to us for some reason. And it's just keeping the fingers crossed that that's not the two points that cost us at the end of the season. No, definitely, definitely. I don't know what it is with us. And what I will ask you, actually, about on the topic of that, did you did you think it was a penalty? I, I felt it was a little bit dubious. Yeah, he didn't mean to. He felt like he was trying to kick the ball away and the get. He just clipped the guy. But like you said, it it was a penalty, even though I don't think it, it was. It wasn't much, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think it was. They get given, don't they? What What did you reckon on on that whirlwind of a second half, Travis? Um. Well, obviously we've got the penalty, two one. Then Humphrey got injured, and I just I thought of that point. I thought any anything because we started off well second half. But then I thought after that, I thought we'd just crumble and then we'd end up losing 3-4-1 but then no like you said Bazunu pulled off a world class save like he has done many times this season and I think he gets too, a bit too much stick from the fans because we've seen him do that numerous times this season and like you said that, that Beasley header was crazy how he got that into the top corner was mad I really don't I didn't I didn't, I didn't expect that from him and then Kiahan scored but I won't, I can't lie to you. When we scored the third goal and Kehan scored, I just had a feeling that we were gonna concede. I just I knew I didn't I didn't know, I don't know it's like in hindsight you can just always say that, but I just had a feeling in my in my head that we're gonna end up throwing it away. But taking nothing away from it, it was the second half performance was one of the best of the season, I'd say. And you you're just taking a point before the game, so you can't be too com um complain about it too much. No, no, yeah, you, you you bang on really. Listen, I think if anyone 
and if we if we if we would have known that we could have took four points from the next from those two games, I think we'd have snatched snatched our hands off for it. Like in the position that we were in, that's that's quite a good um, quite a good points tally back from what we played and who we played. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean about the whole knew you were going to concede type thing because we just seem to have had the past like three, four years, five years maybe. We seem to have a real knack of messing things up. Obviously, I was I was speaking to to Ben before we we started the podcast off, and I was thinking about. Do you remember in the the season that we um, we nearly got promoted the final the final good season we had where we yeah. countless times where we blew it at the end. You know, I remember we were beating Northampton one nil for to concede in the 90th minute. I remember playing we were playing MK Dons away, leading into the final minutes. We blew it again to all. I don't know. Is is it? I suppose I'll ask you the question, Travis. Is it a mentality thing? Yeah, I think it definitely is hundred percent. I think the players think it as well. Like it's just when we were winning by a one goal margin and getting to the last five, five ten minutes, you're always expected to concede. Like nine times out of ten, I think we would. Obviously, the Lincoln game was an exception, but we just we don't look comfortable most of the time when we hold on to leads like you can blame it on level of the defence the mentality but it's happened it happened under Keith and it's happened under Brian because it's not the first time it's happened I don't think I'm sure it's happened a couple of times under Brian as well so I don't know how it gets sorted because like you say it's been going on for a good few seasons now so it's just something we've got to get knocked out with him for hopefully by coming to the end of this season because we don't know what you can do with yeah, I suppose I suppose it's just reassessing it, and we probably need to take a bit a different a different approach going into the final minutes of games. I feel like sometimes we sit we sit too deep and we invite the pressure onto us, and I, and I don't feel like we're that type of team that can. Oh well, we sometimes get away with it, and we will get away with it. And I don't, I just don't feel like we can always soak up the the, the pressure from another team. And like we say, we make mistakes. It was it was a rookie mistake from Molly to pull that leg that, that leg out, but. On the flip side, it was a great ball into uh, it was a great ball from Morley into Kian to set up the what we thought was going to be the winning goal. But yeah, um, Ben, what do you think? Do you think it's like a, a mentality thing? And how would you suggest that we? Well, what do you reckon we could do to address the situation and try and well become better in that area? I feel I feel once we get that one goal though, we're leading. I feel like we sit back and kind of accept the pressure rather than pushing forward. And I feel. That sort of thing where we're all sat at the back and we're trying to pass it around, keep the ball, and then when we do lose it, it we're just costing our mistakes or we're either humping it up to nobody because everyone's back. I feel that rather than accepting the pressure and sitting all the way back trying to hold on to the results, is at least keep a few midfielders or at least Humphreys up top to have somebody to send it to to on the counter attack to maybe get that one goal that will confirm it. I just feel that it's the sitting back that does it and kind of we're accepting that pressure for the final three minutes and like you said, we just we just can't hold on. Yeah, not against an opposition like Peterborough. I, I feel like we shouldn't change what we do into the in, going into the final minutes of the games. We should we should probably just continue with our game plan like we always have. I know situations change and and things impact on on games that make it that be the way it is. But no, I think I feel like you should stick to your guns. I see a lot of teams do it where they sit back for the final few minutes and they blow it, and I, and I just can't make head or tail of why you do it. But I suppose that's just the way the football is, and that's the way. You know they're being set up to do it, but it was it was nice to see at the the full time whistle that all the boys, you know, even despite you know the late penalty and the late goal conceded, they were all in a huddle together. You know, that, I think that showed a really good level of team spirit, and you know that you know they're all together in this and united for the final few games, uh, the final games of the season. 
and I think I think team I think team spirit goes a lot goes a long way really in in a situation like this. You've got you have got to be all on board. But um, yeah, I suppose let's just hope we can we can we can we can pull off a miracle. But um, yeah, going on to the final point of about the the games and stuff and the rest of the season. Judging on the games that we've got left, I know in the next two games alone we've got um, Ipswich and Pompey. Actually, just to, before we go to that point, I was going to say uh, the situation re- regarding having the Swindon and the Wimbledon game postponed again because of the international break. Do you do you both feel that's a hindrance or a help? Because I feel like in the form that we were in, maybe going into those two games, it'd have been vital to play them now to get maybe to try and get six points on the board in hindsight. But then, obviously, on the flip side, you could say that um, with the, with the, with the extended break, that it might help us in the on, in the um, in the injury department, and we might be able to get a few more players back and and fit. What what do you reckon, Travis? Um, I think it's a bit of both, because like you say, them two. If we want to say, oh, them two games are must wins, like this Wimbledon and Swindon games, like we have to win them ones. End of. Um, I think it would have been good to play them now, like I say, off the form we've had the last two results and just like the way we're playing. But then, like you say, the amount of injuries we've had when we've got at the minute, like Humphreys is now out for God knows how long. He's got Lund injured. Beasley's only just come back. So, um, so I think playing them later on, it could give us a better chance because we've got more options available. And it just... It might strengthen the squad a bit, and it it could be a blessing in disguise. Or we'll have to find out, won't we? Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you just don't know how these things are going to turn out. But uh, yeah, what what do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, it's one of those. It's winning a a loss at the same time, like you said. Um, but the main thing is, I think, is the team spirit is it's there, and I feel even with the two two week break, if they come back fighting like they have been, they've got every chance to get the points against the big teams like Portsmouth and Ipswich. It's just. Just the fact is, can they carry it on? Um, the the mass the break is a massive help with injuries, like you said. If we can get Humphreys fully fit again and have the Humphreys Beasley partnership for the big two games, that'll be a massive help and hopefully be able to pick up some points. But like you said, with our last last situation, you felt like these games we weren't going to pick anything up, and it was looking like the only possible games where we get something were the Swindon and Wimbledon games, which again I feel that our season will come down to. So. It's just can we can we get off on the uh, better foot again and then get them results against Swindon and Wimbledon? No, yeah, definitely. I mean, when we come back, we we just got to keep with that same mentality and, and hit the ground running again. Really, we can't really avoid too many mistakes, and we've we've just got to try and get as many points on the board as we can now. Um, but listen, we're all we're all behind the boys, and we all obviously want them to do to do it. We don't want to we don't want to see us back in League Two again, despite what some people might say. Um, but if I was to put you both on the spot now, um, if we were go- if we're going to stay up, what would your answer be? And give me a reason why. So I'm going to go to Travis first. What's the question? If we're going to stay uh, up, yeah. If we're going, if, would you, do you think we're going to stay up? And, and why do you think that? <sighs> I'm still going to say no. I don't want to be pessimistic, but the reason why is I've always had good form. We've We've been playing well recently. Um, I just, with some of our fixtures, like you said, the last two games, we all probably lose, but some of the games we've got coming up still are very quite difficult. And if we, I still can't see us sorting out our home form, to be honest. Like like you say, it's a mentality thing at home as well. Like, we're cursed to win at home. Um, 
So I'd still say no for that reason alone, to be honest. I can't see us winning at home again all season. No, no, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. You, you can't argue with what you've said. Um, ben, what what do you reckon and why? Yeah, I'm going to go with Travis. I don't think we're staying up either. Um, like you said, the performance has been class, but it's, it's results over performances. And like you said, the results last night just went against us and we're four points off, like, top of the relegation zone now. And especially with the games coming up, even if we do get the odd point or something, I just feel that it's not going to be enough considering everybody else seems to be picking up some form now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this sounds like the most <laughs> yeah, negative podcast yeah. ever. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna make it a hat trick and say and say no as well. Um, I think my reasons to why I'm saying no is, and it's, it's like, listen. I think the, the past few games, like you say, the boys have been brilliant and they've really they've showed it their all. But I think we've left it a little bit too late now, and, and the teams around us are, are just picking up results left, right, centre. Um, and there's really only really I'd say one or two places to play for to get us out of this out of this relegation well out out of the relegation zone now and I I just can't see us putting a run together now that's you know going to be able to get us out of there I I pray I'm wrong obviously I don't want it to happen um, but I, I do feel like it's probably gone a bridge too far now but we'll have to wait and see what happens you know like we say we've got a we've got two week break now and I want to say. Um, a big congratulations to all the players that have been called upon international duty. Uh, we all wish you all the best, and you know we hope you enjoy the experience and, and you do well for your respective countries. Uh, so we're going to move on now to just a bit of a, a bit of a just a bit of a side topic, really, on the podcast. You know we didn't have a lot a load to delve into uh, the past week or so, and now it's the international break as well. We thought we'd give you some nostalgic content, you know, to set your minds back and remember some good and some bad memories. So um, I'll, I, I want to ask you, Travis and Ben, I want you to give me your top three players that you've seen play for Rochdale. Now, I know you've obviously been fans for different amounts of time, so it's in the context of what you've seen, really. Uh, go on, Travis, you can go first. That is, that is a good question, you know. That is a good question. I think number one, still for me, is Mendes. I've still got a good place in my heart for him. I'd, Mm-hmm. I, I, I've loved that guy to bits. The, the, the way he played that, that season before we left was probably the best I've ever seen from a Rockstar player. Oh, <laughs> we were absolutely, yeah, we were absolutely <laughs> blessed to have him. He was unreal. It was like he watching was, Lionel was... Messi playing at yeah. Scotland. Like, he was ah. taking defenders all over the place. Like, oh. There was this one, the one goal, one game against, um, was it, I think it was. Shouting, oh, he was one of them, and he ran the full length of the pitch. He literally one of the maddest things I've ever seen him, and he just missed. He missed him. Um, he got one on one, and he put it wide. But he ran. I've never. He was so fast that he was tricky, but crazy. And I think he's at Derby now, isn't he? So he's still, he's still playing. Um, Middlesbrough. 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 He is, Middlesbrough. He, he's, he's, yeah, he's joined back up with Neil. Oh, right. yeah. Well, yeah, I, he was. He's probably number one, and then two and three. Oof. I'd have to put Henderson there. He's, yeah, you can't, he can't, you can't, he can't. Even though he left on a bit of a sour note, I mean, we don't know if he's announced it, but he's still, he's got to be like in the top three hundred percent. And like the goals he did, they scored, the moments we have with him. And then number three, I'd probably say Chris O'Grady. This Chris O'Grady. I didn't, I, I didn't think that I'd get in there. Nah, you know, I, fair, I, but... he was. He was in the promotion season, weren't he? So he weren't too long after yeah. I started watching. 
for like two, three seasons in, and I just remember watching him. He scored, he scored him and Dagba up front twenty goals a season each in in the League Two season because we only had him on loan at the start from Oldham, and he he tore it up, he tore it to pieces. And then when we sold him, I think we went to Sheffield Wednesday, and I was absolutely gutted. I was, but yeah, then I got free. See. See, I was thinking about Chris O'Grady, but I couldn't put him in due to the grounds, really, that I didn't really properly watch Rochdale until the 10-11 season. And weirdly enough, even though we even though we had a really good first season in League One, I think I think I went to about eight or nine games with my dad and I never saw us win. <laughs> I, I never saw us win a single game. Um, and we, I remember we went on like some mad like 12-game unbeaten run. And my dad finally decided he was going to go, and I was like, "Oh, great, great, great!" And we played. Uh, I think we played MK Dons at home. <laughs> Weirdly enough, we lost four one, four one in that game as well. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe I was a bad luck charm that season. I don't know, but I I, can't, I couldn't put Chris O'Grady in just for the ground. So I, I never actually saw a lot of him when I when I was watching us. But very good player. Hey, very good. Yeah. Gold yeah. Scorer. Exactly. I just never got to see him live as, uh, that much, so I, I couldn't I couldn't put him in there. But. Um, Ben, what are your top three favourite um, players? Yeah, so like Travis, they had Hendo and Mendes in. Um, but I had three others. Um, starting with Rafferty, um, I thought he was a hell of a defender, considering it, it was, yeah, yeah, he was just cracking. And especially considering what we have now, you could just, you just realised how good of a player he was. Um, moving on, um, Lonergan, uh, yeah, no words for him. Moved on to Liverpool. I think he won the Champions League the season after he left Rochdale, so... That, that was that was a that was a fairy tale story, wasn't it? But you could tell he was a he was a class above, wasn't he? Absolute sublime keeper. Um, yeah, I remember. Really? Just, just sorry, just to butt in, I remember listening to a separate to uh, to a separate podcast about Lonergan when he was at Rochdale, and they were talking about his wage and stuff. And I think I, I, I think Rochdale couldn't even cover like an eighth of his wage. So it it, it tells you the level that he was at. Yeah, he, yeah, he was some player. Um, the last one I've gone, uh, Norrington Davis. Um, he was he was some player and left back. He got forward, did all the job perfectly. Um, I felt that we've missed him a lot this season, considering I felt like he would have filled that left back role perfectly. Um, but yeah, he's gone on to bigger and better things, and he's still smashing it in the championship. Uh, yeah, I think he's on. I think he's on the bench tonight for Wales. I'm pretty go, sure yeah. he is. Not sure. Not not sure how they're getting on, but there you go. Um, right then, now it's time to put me on the spot. Three. Three of my favourite Rochdale players over the past well, it's only been the past ten years. I've got to say, number Hendo's got to be there. Obviously, he, he has got to be there. But I'm going to go a bit more, uh, maybe not peculiar. I'm going to go Conrad Logan. I think he was an immense keeper when he came to Rochdale. He was an absolute beast. When you looked at him, he didn't look like a keeper. It depends um, what spell. It, sorry to put in, but it depends. His first spell, I'd agree with you. But I think second spell when he came back, he weren't. You weren't as good. I'm sorry to say, but you weren't. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, no, I, I mean, definitely the first value yeah. was immense. He was like, he, he saved everything, and and yeah, crazy. I mean, I mean, I, I think even to a degree, when he came back in his second spell, he was he was still pretty good. But uh, I think when we fell off towards the end of the season, he lost it quite a lot. I don't know what happened with him, but I think some of the memories that I'd seen and, and when I'd watched him live, I just felt this guy's unstoppable. I felt like when he was in net, we were never going to concede, but. Um, yeah, what a keeper. Uh, and I've gone for I can't believe neither of you, well, maybe not so much you, Ben, but I can't believe you didn't go for this, Travis. Uh, Scott Hogan, wow, 
Yeah. What a oh, guy. I agree with that. He'd we'll be in the only... top five. We had to do two more probably in there. Yeah, yeah. Scott Ogan, what a player. Um, immense. He is, obviously, I knew he really at Dale to start with and then went out into non-league obscurity and we brought him back. But that season, we got promoted. It was only with, with us, really, for that season. What a pl- Wow, what a player. It was my first real season of going to quite a few live games like on a consistent basis. And he was just something else, like, ridiculous with the ball. I remember him on the first day of the season, picking up the ball on like, the halfway line. We were playing Hartlepool and he cut past one and, dipped and dinked it over the other and then curled it into the bottom corner. And I just thought, wow, what, this guy's incredible. How, how is he playing for Rochdale? If he, if he didn't get injured towards the end of that season, I think it was the Berry game, weren't it? It was on TV, on Sky, and he got injured. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he didn't get injured for the last 10 games, I think we would have won the lead that season, honestly. But yeah, I yeah, think we would have won because that team was immense like, all around. Oh, yeah. We had some, we had some quality in Great that team. Players. players that have gone on to bigger and better things, definitely. Um but yeah, let's not let's not reel in that too much. We'll get depressed. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm going to move on to a bit more of a a bit of more of a not a sad topic, a hard topic, something that we don't want to talk about. Um, the three worst players you've ever watched live for Rochdale. Um, ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the floor to you here first. <laughs> um, I won't class it as worse for this first one, but considering the hype around him and especially how good he was at previous teams, I want to say Zach Clough. Um, he came to Rochdale and everyone had high hopes for him, especially with how he played at Bolton. And he came to Rochdale and I think he scored the one or two goals. He did absolutely nothing. Um, and for a calibre of player he was, I felt that he, he just didn't perform at all when he played for us. It's a fair point. I'm not going to go too much into that because he's actually one of my picks. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll go a bit. I'll go a bit further on that in a minute. But yeah, who who are you up um, to? Another striker, um, Rakio Pike. Again, I feel yeah. He, he, <laughs> is that is that one of your picks again? Um, uh, he's not. I've actually I actually forgot about Pikey, but um, but no, yeah, go but on. He, he didn't really do much either. He, like I said, did he come from Huddlesfield on loan? I think. Um, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't really do much, like I said. Um, next one, uh, Joe Bunny. I, yeah, he, he, he was. <laughs> Ooh, that's a controversial I, one. I, one. I didn't think he was any good. I felt, I felt he was a bit. I don't know, a bit slow. Be, with that being said, my dad's all-time favorite player. He does have a signed shirt from him. But like I said, um, obviously he's been watching longer than me. But considering like players like Reese, and then we had that Sam Hart at left back, I just felt he wasn't nowhere near as good as them two. I can I can probably see where you're coming from in the sense of how long you rocked Rochdale. <laughs> um, I was literally there the day he scored on his debut on the final day of the season when he was just literally nobody. Um, he never really he flattered to deceive as a striker. He he, he didn't really work as a striker at all. Um, he scored the odd occasional goal, but as a left back, I thought that then that's in the sixteen seventeen season he was he was a revelation. He was brilliant, and I, and I think I think if I remember rightly, he was linked to go to Sheffield United and you're a transfer window. Yeah, he um, was. See, I missed so Yeah, you, you, mate. He was like, he was like Roberto Carlos with the ball, <laughs> whipping the balls in. It was, it, it was crazy. Imagine he was immense back in the day. I wouldn't know what to say. I know, and just play like that, Roberto Carlos. Do you know, just don't, don't win the same sentence for me. They, they don't. <laughs> just, just actually on a topic. Whilst we're speaking about Joe, I, I did read something this this past week that he's had a really serious problem. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, he's yeah. season, his season's over and, and I don't think it sounds like he might not be able to play football again 
possibly. I don't know if that's entirely going to be the case, but wish him well and stuff no matter what. Um, you know, he's, he has had some good moments with Rochdale, some really good moments, so uh, we wish him all the best going ahead. Um, was that all your free, Ben? Yeah, yeah, it was. Perfect. Right then, we'll move over to Travis. You can have probably about twenty players from <laughs> from, from, from the Steve Err era, if, if that's what you're getting at. Oh, uh, you've got Steve Err. Yeah, I've, I've um, got a couple of them. Let's see if you've picked got, any of them. Well, I'm, I could pick so many, but the one I'm going to pick is probably oh, I'll say Pim Balkstein because I've never seen this guy. I got him on loan from Brentford, I think. I might have even signed him, and he was absolutely terrible. I don't have very good memories <laughs> of him, but he was, oh my days, he's one of the worst centre-backs I've seen in my life. But like you say, that era, that, that season was an absolute disaster. We, like, we, went, we went through players like a conveyor belt that yeah, season. Yeah, it was, it was, people have been saying this season been worse than that, but I would not, like, I, was, I was only young at the time, but I've got bad memories of that team. Like, I think we won... Under Sevo, I think we won four games. I think in his last yeah. game we played Yovo. Um, it was a nil-nil draw, and then keeper had a broken finger for the second half. <laughs> I'm just talking the goal. Fun, funnily but, enough, funnily enough, I knew Steve there on a personal level. He was <laughs> he, he was friends with um, someone who I worked well. No, someone my, well, my mum's boss, and I actually spoke to him before the start of the season on the phone. Obviously, I was only young, so I was, I was a bit starstruck speaking to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously the season that transpired to me wasn't great. I remember going into a restaurant on Christmas, Christmas Eve, and he was in there, and then I just shook his. And he'd just been sacked. He'd just been sacked at this point, and I just said, um, "You know, thanks for trying your best and that." Uh, but he said, "I'll oh, believe you, mate. I, I tried more than that." So obviously, <laughs> I don't think he was the most. Lo- I don't think I don't think he was the most loved character at Rochdale, which is understandable. You know, I think I think even for me, well, me as a fan at the part that point, I had. I didn't really understand all how Rochelle had been in the past, so I had high expectations of that season that we were just going to just be just as good. So it was really hard to take when obviously we were absolutely shite. <laughs> um, have you got another one to add in there, Travis? Yeah, I've got two more. I've got one that you might have, everyone might have forgotten about actually, because I when when we saw the notes the other day, um, it came back in my but Reese Brown when Keith oh, Reese Brown, <laughs> Reese Brown. <laughs> Where did you yeah, start yeah. with him? He, he was dreadful. Like, we signed him from Berry. Um, I, I can't remember what season it was. I think it might have been um, the Great Escape season, Joey T season. Yeah, and, um, it, was, it was. We signed him from Berry, and they was all telling us how crap he was, how terrible. Def- I think he was supposed to be a midfielder slash defender, and we stuck yeah. him at right back. And I think it was the first game they Portsmouth, and they was looking at Jamal Wolf, who's obviously gone to like, better things, and he absolutely dripped it to shreds the full game I think it was taken off at half time or something Reese Brown and then I think he played three more games he played I can't remember who it was against but he played I, I remember going to, to Mansfield in the cup and he was playing and then I think he played I think he played some of the Berry game at home that was yeah. 0-0 and, oh, then, and, then, was, uh, yeah. and then I never saw him again but he's no. got, we, didn't, we didn't cancel his contract or anything he just literally just rotted away and never, yeah, I never was, heard of him for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was a strange one. Like after that Berry game, he got subbed off early on, and then no one saw him for the whole season. It was, but no one was complaining because he was from them three, four games he played. Honestly, he's oh, he's yeah. lucky not to be number one, but you know, someone else has got put in there. Uh, I don't know what happened to well, him. I don't. Uh, I've never, I've never even I heard of anything after after, after he left Rochdale. Before for this one. 
Go on. And go on. I'm going to go with Calvin Andrew. <laughs> the fans, now, fans' favourite. But I, I can see where listen, you're I love from. him. He was a great, on. great person. He did a lot of the global over the years. But he was, he couldn't, what could he do? Can any of you tell me what his role was on the pitch? Because people used to tell me that he would oh. win seconds and hold at the ball. But every time you saw him flick the ball one to one of our like one maybe one one in a million it go it land to Henderson or something. But every other time it never got to a defender or got up a throw in. I just as much of a lovely guy he is, and I, I didn't want to put him on, but he's got to be number one for me. For number nine, he was our he was given a number nine shirt by Keith Hill as a striker, and he was. I just didn't see it. I, I heard remember when he got his contract. It was a big money contract, and I was. Absolutely gobsmacked with it. Like they didn't deserve it. But yeah. You're gonna get absolute pelted <laughs> when this goes up. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for I, it. Listen, 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 like you say, I can't I can't fault the guy in the, in the sense of effort. He was uh, you know, what he did for the what he did for the team on and off the pitch. Well, not maybe not so much on the pitch, uh, but off the pitch he did a lot for the club. Uh, and he, and you know he, and he put his body on the line. You know he, he doubled up as a defender sometimes. I think he played centre half against Wimbledon away once. And we were three 0 down after thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing you got to give him credit um, for is the the Oldham game with Peter Clark that elbow. Oh little, yeah, little, yes. little brush. You know, can't can't a little bit can't of a, you know justice to put. Him, to put to put the Biffles yeah, back in the place, but yeah, no, I, I remember watching him in a, when he was on trial against Bolton in a, in a pre-season <laughs> friendly, and 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 I couldn't, and I finally sussed out who he was towards the end of the game, and I'm like, oh no, what what are we do, what are we doing here? Why, why is he? Why I know is he exactly here? what you're talking about. So I'm doing the exact same thing. <laughs> um, but you know what? Oh, in the whole, I think he had an okay Rochdale career. He'd never been prolific anywhere else, but he he become a cult figure at Rochdale, and you know, fair play to the guy. I know he's just signed for yeah. Wait, hopefully, so hopefully he does well for him. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he does well for them. And yeah, I wish it. We wish him. We wish him well in his in his endeavours going ahead. Um, so it's on to my three worst players now. Um, I'm going to throw a few in here. I can't believe you didn't go for this, Travis. I, I can't believe it. Neil Trotman. See, he was the other option out of him and Pim Balk, um, Balkstein. He was the other option. I think they were both against each other. Go on. He, he was terrible. I remember watching uh, a League Cup game at the start of the season against Chesterfield and he was just all over the place. He, we, we could have been about 5-0 down. And we actually won the game, but he was he was just something else. I, I think he played for Burnley and he'd been really like highly touted about and I think he'd had a bit of time at Oldham. And ended up coming to Rochdale, and I think within like the first like, what was it, five or six games, he'd had two red cards or something, scored no goal. He was he was terrible, absolutely terrible. I remember we did a swap deal halfway through the season, and he went to Chesterfield, and we got Dean Holden on on loan from from Chesterfield, I think, and he came he came the other way. But yeah, what a, what a terrible player. My second choice is uh, Fabian Brandy. Ooh, that is a shout. That is a shout. Fabian Brandy. I, I felt like he was another one, a bit like Ben says, you know, with like the Zach Clough flatter to deceive. I think when he came in, I thought, I thought, wow, what a player we've got here, pace and everything, and he's going to be skillful. And oh, this is like another shrewd signing from Keith. But I remember him starting the Sheffield. We played a game against at home against Sheffield United, 
and he started the first half and he, he just didn't look like he even knew what was going on, really. I think he was so out of the game, it was untrue. I think he was hauled off at half-time, if I remember rightly. Um, but yeah, just not a good player at all. Uh, and my final choice, I mean, I was going to say Zach Clough, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> now because Ben said it. So I'm going to go for a bit of variety in there. Um, you'll remember this one, Travis. Uh, Anthony Elding. Oh, God, yeah. Um, he'd come to Rochdale on the back of a really like, really good scoring form for Stockport. Uh, and he'd, he'd scored a few goals against us in previous seasons, if I remember rightly. But when he came to Rochdale, he was just—he just seemed like an overweight striker that had nothing about him. I mean, he actually scored a few goals at first. Oh, yeah, but... um, I've got two members of Eldin. One of them was his goal against FC United in the cup. If you remember that game? Oh yeah, um, we, he scored yeah, in that game. Up. And then I remember him—he set up. Um, I think it was Gary Jones' scream at Southampton. I think he set it up. They're, they're yeah. the two things I've got in my head. So from my memories, he didn't seem too bad, but. I don't know. I can't really remember the rest of his time. It was no. He, I think he, he only survived till the January because he went out on loan to Stockport for the rest of the right. season. Back to Stockport, and then yeah, I don't know. Excuse me, I don't really know what happened with him after that. But yeah, that's uh, that's all that topic. Let's go into a bit more of an upbeat one again. So I want from you both uh, your top three games that you've watched live. Uh, go on, go on, then. There's there's a lot considering. Um, I'm going to start with a bit of an odd score one. Um, I think it was the C, the Joey T season. Um, it was Doncaster at home. Funnily enough, we were winning, uh, losing one nil in like the ninetieth minute, and I decided to go to the loop, walking past the Sandy Lane. Decide, yeah, having a wee, and massive cheer. I'm like, oh no, what's happened? We're two nil down. Come back out, everyone's running around. Mark Kitchen has scored a volley, and I'm like, oh, what's happened here? I've missed it again. Um, so I'm walking back to my spot. It's absolutely pissing it down, and we get a corner, and I'm like. Right, I'll just stand there behind the net and see what happens. And Steve Davis taps it in from like five yards out. And everyone goes mental. It's absolutely raining. I'm right at the front. Everyone jumps on top of me. And it's it's just one of them moments. It's not a big game like the United Spurs one, but it's just that memory of it. It's just a cold Tuesday night, absolutely raining in the 19th minute. And you you win 2-1 from being 1-0 down. So, yeah, that was probably the main game that, like, that why I love Rochdale so much. Um, another one. Tranmere away, first game of the season. Um, yeah, it felt like I'd just got on the plane and flown into Barcelona. Um, not really much words for that. <laughs> it, it, it was like, what am I watching here? It felt like we'd, we'd just signed Ronaldo and everything. Passing football, it, it was mega. Uh, like you said, nearly threw it away, but that's typical Rochdale style. But like you said, don't take it away from how good we were that game. It's unreal. Um, and then, yeah, you've you got to say United, aren't you? What a, what a game that was. Luke Matheson. All six thousand was go absolutely crazy. Yeah, that that was definitely a night to remember. Absolutely, absolutely. Weirdly enough, um, what was the first one? That Doncaster game. I remember that because I think it was the first yeah. one of the season. Um, and I was on the train home from work, and I was just refreshing my Twitter, and I thought, "Oh, nothing of it. We're not going to score or anything." And then I saw that we declared, and I was buzzing. And then I just like didn't bother to look at it again because I think it was like the night yeah. off, innit? And I thought, "Oh, that'll be it." And then I, I think I finally got home and like went back on the phone again. And everyone's like, "Oh, what, what a three points!" So I was like, "What?" I looked at it. I was like, "We'd scored again." Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But no, yeah, that is a, that is a really worthy shout. Actually, all three are very worthy shouts. Um, Travis, what are yours? Um, like I said, United game, probably one of my probably my favourite game. I think that was top of most wrapped up fans list. Like that, the whole day in general is what what a night, what what a day, what a night. And when Madison scored that goal was. 
it was live peaking from Morecambe <laughs> and stuff, and that was. I can't see it getting much better than that. So that would be my first one. Second would probably be the Leeds game. Um, yeah. Two 0 Leeds. Class game. You've been. Class, you've, been class you've been. You you've been reading my sheet, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I just um, that Henderson goal. I still can't get my head around it. Like how we managed to do that, um, like. The technique, it was something you see from Ronaldinho or something. Like, it was absolutely unbelievable. And, yeah, that was a great, great win. And then the last one, probably something you don't have. But it was um, when we played Bristol Rovers a few years ago, um, Ethan Hamilton got the winner. Because it was me, yeah. me, you and Dan, weren't it? And yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember I was in, I was. It was on a bank holiday Monday, Easter Monday. And I was in Coco until, like... Seven in the morning. It was a, it was a really yeah. late one, and then I had to be up for the coach like half eight. I was absolutely like hungover on the coach journey. About four hours down there, I was not feeling. I was feeling sick the whole day. I was not enjoying it, and the most of the game was just a blur. Like for the eighty eight minutes of it was a blur. But then I just remember even Hamptons get, gets the ball into the box, and it just seemed to go in like slow motion, didn't it? Like yeah, it just seemed, yeah, like you yeah. pass it into the top corner, and then. Everything just stopped, and that game pretty much like got us kept us safe. And yeah, that is I just have very good memories of that game. And yeah, even though I don't remember most of it, I think it pretty much well, like you say, it confirmed our survival. I don't think it was a great contest of a game, but that goal was just it didn't look like it was going anywhere near the goal, and the time just stood still, and then it just hit the back of the back of the net. It was a bit surreal, really. Uh, but I do remember that trip. I, do, I remember the trip down because I'd had some sangria made and I was drinking sangria out of a bottle at the back of the coach all the way there. <laughs> I felt sick selling it. <laughs> I remember yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a random story, but yeah. Um, right, I suppose we'll dive into my three. I feel like I haven't got anything unique to offer here now. Everyone's picked mine. Um, I offered, well, I, I chose Rochdale Leeds. What a game. League two team playing against. Leeds have been, you know, a mighty team in the years gone by, and what a performance it was from minute one. You know, we battered them really. Um, thought it was it was a brilliant game. Obviously, I picked Rochdale versus United. That's like a once in a lifetime type game, and you know, I feel disappointed in a way that we didn't win it. I feel like we deserved two on penalties. I felt like for what all the showing that we gave, we deserved more. But you know, still take nothing away from it. What a what a magical night it was. Uh, it really was. I'm going to go through one that none of neither of you picked. It's probably a bit of an obscure one, really. The 16-17 season uh, when we won one nil at Berry when Camp scored the free yeah. kick. That was that was, a good that, night. was that was just singing, dancing, limbs because it felt like our season was back on track again, and we were, we, we were going to we were going to go and make it to the playoffs. Uh, obviously, it didn't transpire to happen, but yeah, what what a night that was. I do remember it really, really, really well because I, I was I had um. I'd come down with viral tonsillitis, so I was really, I really wasn't well. But uh, I, I uh, just got on with it and went anyway. But yeah, what a night! Um, Can I add on to one game that no one mentioned? It's a special shout on, out for the Tottenham <laughs> game because I think a lot of people have forgotten about because oh, because yeah. of the United game and the Newcastle game as well. Yeah. Everyone forgets about the Tottenham game, but that was yeah, that was no, an unbelievable that's... game as well. Another one that is a note. That is a notable shout. That is a very notable shout. Um, I'm just conscious of the time, so we'll probably cut this next bit down just a little bit. Um, ben, if you can give me your two worst games that you've seen live. Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and any most of the Peterborough away games are dreadful, especially the ones where it's like five or six yeah. nil. Um, yeah, one of the ones where it's like the typical Tuesday night game, say Wimbledon, where it's just like freezing cold and it's like a one-one draw and it's two bad teams. Like you said, the Northampton game this season, oh, it wasn't live, but that was that was two dreadful teams and it was poor, poor ninety minutes of football. Yep, fair play, fair play. Yep, fair enough. Um, Travis, well, put me in the spot here, haven't you? I've, I've hammered the pick. Um, I'd I'd say one of the ones was the Berry FA Cup game about five six years ago now. Oh, Danny I Rose. That. I don't remember much about the game. I remember it. Well, it was it was on TV as well. It was on BT, and yeah. it wasn't they scored early on, and I did remember it was not to not whatsoever. Like we was not we was not there. It, it, we we had that. We had that John O'Sullivan on yeah. there. He got sent. He got. He got yeah, sent off. it was against our our rivals. Um, we didn't in front of the TV cameras. Trying to go through to the third round, I think it was. I don't know if we got him in the next round. It might be a dead draw, but we don't know. But it, that was that's up there. And the second second worst one. I'm gonna say the Portsmouth game that I mentioned from the um, the Great Escape season, that first game of the season. I know Portsmouth yeah. for always, but we just—I don't remember them in a the shot. They absolutely ripped us apart. And well, I think I think we came into that season with the expectations we were going to just carry on where we left yeah, off. Yeah, the we? team wasn't—it wasn't bad. We had some deep. We lost. We lost some players. We lost um, Mendes, and we lost. I think we lost Mighty Lund that season as well. So we lost a few players, but everyone had a feeling that it was going to be a, just another good season. But it started off terribly. With, Obviously, Portsmouth great team, but it wasn't a great performance. It's got down up and didn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was a poor season. Well, it turned out to be a poor season with a great ending. But um, yeah, so quickly, I'll get onto my I'll get onto my two worst games I've seen live. Weirdly enough, I've gone for another game from the the Joey T season. I went for the two one Oxford loss, uh, second to last game of the season. I felt just I I, I went to it as well. Well, well, obviously I went to it. Um, we took the lead and then Camps gave away two penalties and we lost 2-1 and at the time I felt like that was it I thought we'd blown it I thought we that's it we're going to get relegated um, I couldn't I couldn't because I couldn't see the results transpiring that what actually happened on the final day I thought we'd get battered off um, yeah. Charlton and I thought um, I thought Northampton had I thought Oldham had beat Northampton so I thought we would I thought we were dead and buried um, obviously not <laughs> that didn't happen and we stayed up Um the and the other one I've picked is from the relegation season. I remember we I didn't go to many games that season, but I do remember going to the home game against Stevenage. We lost five one. Uh, Joe Widdison got sent off pretty pretty early on in the second half, and it, like Stevenage, they just absolutely mullered us. They just took the mick out of us. Like every everything, everything just seemed to turn into a goal. And I just thought, wow! Like I still, I don't think at this point, I still don't think I'd seen Rochdale really win live mm. properly. So I just felt like I felt like I was cursed. I was never going to see them win live. Uh, quickly moving on to the final point of the night, I want your both of your individual greatest moments. Just so, just a moment. Uh, so Ben, moment probably like you said that Donny game right at the front and everyone just jumping on me and it's freezing cold, pissing yeah. it down. Yeah, that's what that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about, Travis. Um, for me, it's the Crystal Grady winner, Keith Hampton, first season. Oh. Get us yeah, to go yeah. up. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I like that. 
I've gone for the I've gone for the uh, the equaliser at Wembley yeah. from Humphreys. Obviously, the game ended up to be a nightmare <laughs> and not what he wanted, but that was absolutely limbs in in the freezing cold in the snow. Uh, Got to mention the Chelsea season what was as well. Was, that uh, last minute, that last game. That's on. Yeah, me. yeah, that deserves a notable shout. I don't know how I've not <laughs> even thought yeah. of that, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that is, that is a big shout. Um, I wasn't there for that. But yeah, <laughs> biggest regret. No, no neither, neither, yeah, neither was I. So I, I, that's why that's why I couldn't pick it. But um, no, yeah, that's a very good shout. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure Absolutely. to have you both on. Uh, before I go, we, we we tried to do this segment last time, uh, but we had some <laughs> um, problems with the audio. Hopefully, this time it doesn't bugger up. Hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, so yeah, I'm going to ask you. Then what have you got for tea? Um, I've got hot pot actually with some tomato sauce on top. Hot pot, Lancashire hot pot. Oh, you're right, Marvin. <laughs> you aren't you, Travis? I've just got some peri peri chicken and rice going. Oh, Nando's? Nah, not Nando's. That was that was last week. That was <laughs> <No>. last week. <laughs> uh, nice, nice, nice. I burger, homemade burger, homemade burger and chips and a bit of Ooh, salad. Yeah. You know, not bad, not bad at all. Yeah. Anyway, chaps, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, hope you keep well over the next two weeks. Um, yeah, and let's hope that when we come back, you know, we see some more positive results. I'll, uh, I'll see you both later. Thanks for tuning in to another week of the All Dale Aren't We podcast. Until next time.